Welcome to the Global Supply Chain Summit. I'm Weston Labar, CEO of the Harvard Trucking Association. And with me today for this fireside chat is John Gold, Vice President of Supply Chain and Customs at the National Retail Federation. Thanks for joining, John. Hey, Weston, good to see you. So, John, we're here today to talk about everybody's favorite subject, uh, the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach and the congestion in Southern California. I know that we've had an interesting ride since the beginning of 2020. Uh, massive slowdown because of disrupted supply chains. Then the faucet got turned on full blast and we've seen cargo flowing through this gateway um, until we didn't have enough room for the cargo to flow anymore. We've had massive challenges, some COVID related, some more systemic and structural, uh, but maybe it would be great for us to start with, with you and talking about what your members are experiencing because as we all know, it's the BCO that really makes the supply chain work. We work for you guys. So what are you guys hearing? What are you guys seeing? Tell us about what the BCO's experience is. Sure, I mean, I think, you know, as you noted, when you look at the, the start of the pandemic back in early, you know, 2020, you know, we went from the issue of, you know, when am I getting my cargo to the issue of stores being closed down? And that certainly had an impact on the industry as a whole because the cargo volumes dropped, you know, immensely at the start. And then as we started to see things open up again, the volumes have just spiked. And part of that is due to the, the ongoing consumer demand that we've seen uh, from, from early summer throughout, and that demand continues. As a result, you know, we're seeing the, the, the unprecedented congestion at the ports that has been there for months now that I don't think is going to subside anytime soon because we still see the volumes uh, being relatively high throughout at least the first part of, of this year. And, you know, as you noted, the, the congestion just continues to, to be there. And I think uh, my members are seeing it on a daily basis. You know, they want to get their containers as soon as they can because they want to make sure they don't have empty shelves. They want to make sure that as the e-commerce orders continue to, to flow, they're able to get product to the consumer within a day or two or whenever they're supposed to, supposed to get it. So, uh, you know, we're seeing ongoing issues that are impacting not just my members, but every other stakeholder who relies on the ports of LA and Long Beach uh, to keep the commerce of the nation going. Yeah, and, and John, I think that's a great point. I've told people, uh, at first it was playing catch up. I, I spoke to so many BCOs whose supply chains were so disrupted and it was about refilling the, the store shelves. But as we went through the pandemic, obviously the big uptick in e-commerce, which we all knew was going to become more and more predominant in how people uh, consume in America, the fact that they need to go essentially straight from the ship to the house as fast as possible has put even more stress on our supply chain. And what I've said to most people is this is going to continue as long as uh, consumer spending habits stay strong and as long as e-commerce is the predominant form of consumption for American uh, consumers. And what are your members saying? Because I'm hearing that this could continue through spring uh, from some stakeholders. I'm hearing this is going to continue through the summer, maybe into the fall, and then maybe right into a new peak season. I think it's a situation where we don't really know. Uh, COVID is still going to dictate a lot of it. Uh, and maybe some of it changes once people can go back out and spend money on non-retail uh, based things like vacations and, and leisure activities. But what are you hearing from your members about volumes and, and what are they doing? I think, John, more importantly, to what's their plan B? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as, as you noted, a lot of it is still the uncertainty and folks are just trying to figure it out and plan as best they can. 
But as long as that consumer demand remains high, you know, retailers are going to be want to make sure they've got the product ready to go. And I think we're still looking at, at high demand throughout, you know, the first half, at least the first half of, of 2021. Um, you know, we just released our global port tracker the other day that shows that the demand is going to continue and, and the cargo volumes are going to continue at least through the first half of this year. And as you noted, that could dovetail right into the peak shipping season. Um, you know, we started peak earlier last year and it went longer and that just might be the trend going forwards. It just, there's so much uncertainty right now about how the market and the consumers are going to respond. And as you noted, it's all due to COVID. Um, you know, it's great that folks are starting to get the vaccines now. Um, hopefully in a few months, you know, we'll see more and more of that, but it's, there's just so much uncertainty that folks are trying to plan as best they can and be fully prepared not just for the seasonal items that are continuously, you know, on the shelves and coming in, but looking at the replenishment items as well, because that's that's a key part of this too. And as you noted, a lot of folks have shifted their buying away from the traditional in-store to e-commerce, and that's probably going to continue. Um, you know, our members at the at the onset of the pandemic, you look at all the innovation they put in place to make sure they're they're dealing with the pandemic. I mean, we've seen you know, five years worth of innovation within the first five months of, of that pandemic with the shift to e-commerce, things like buy online, pick up in store, you know, all those uh, changes that had to be made within the supply chain that that will continue. Um, but it, it's an ongoing effort. I think retailers are continuing to evaluate their supply chains to look at, you know, minimizing risk, uh, which there certainly was a lot of that uh, throughout the pandemic. Uh, but that's a big part of this. And the issue of the supply chain really has reached the C-suite like we haven't seen it before. Um, you know, every couple of years when we have disruptions at the ports for one reason or another, you know, it'll be front and center. But really, as a result of COVID and folks looking at the supply chain as a whole, the, the C-suite is more interested in, in how the operation works now than they ever have been before. Yeah, and it's great that we're finally getting the attention of folks that high because I think that's really what's going to help change some of the structural and systemic issues that we've seen uh, over the last several years, really since the shipping alliances uh, became more pre predominant in the industry. Um, it's interesting because with e-commerce, we've had this evolution that's been slow, but I think is rapidly uh, starting to be part of the norm, which is a, a shift from that supply chain to more of a demand chain, it, it, less about where is it coming from and more about how do we get it to its final destination, the consumer, as quickly, efficiently, and inexpensively as possible. And those three things are not always easy to do. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to get some workers in our industry vaccinated so we can help get these goods out. But maybe it'd be a good time to shift to what some of the causes are, right? I know I know. in speaking with our members, we still have many issues around appointment systems, which uh, probably some of the implementations of things like empty appointments and export appointments and things of that nature, it's not the right time to do it when you see massive cargo surges. Uh, we've worked tirelessly with terminals. And I think over the, the course of 2020 and into 2021, we did see a lot of enhancements. There's a huge disjointment between ocean carriers and, and their terminal agents. So when they are telling a terminal uh, what they need from them, many times they're not letting the terminal operator, the BCO, the trucker know where empties can go back so we can better plan for dual transactions, things of that nature. So technology's got to be a big part of it. But at the root of this, I really think we have a labor issue and and, I, and part of it is structural, systemic. That's going to be a theme of this. These are issues that we've had. I love how people try to say, well, this is a COVID situation, but 
These are issues that I've seen every year over the last seven years of being CEO of the HTA. We've had a once in a lifetime disruption that's completely fragmented the supply chain to different degrees. Can you talk a little bit about what your members are seeing, the ability to get their cargo out? Uh, because after this, I want to go into a little about the, the detention and demurrage aspect, but let's first talk about the root cause of what are the hurdles that they're seeing at the terminals? Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, this this is not a new issue, what we're seeing at the terminals. Obviously, it's it's the issue on steroids that we haven't seen previously, but this is the the what you and I have been working on for years now is looking at a more holistic 21st century port system that we all know that we need. And, you know, the, the ports, you know, are, have a critical role in, in, you know, the commerce of the United States. And we all recognize that, but we can't keep doing things the way we've always done it because the system has changed, whether it's the bigger vessels, the increase, the, the, you know, increased volumes that are coming in, we've got to figure out a way to better handle that, the system going forwards. And we've got to look at this from a holistic approach as well, from you know load overseas through to the warehouse and distribution center. And we currently aren't aren't seeing that. And the, you know, as you know, the technology and visibility is a huge piece of this that we've been pushing for a long time. You need that to do the better planning and forecasting going forwards. So, you know, our members right now are, are facing difficulty in getting the cargo they need. And for a variety of reasons and everything that you kind of kind of laid out. Um, the lack of availability of appointments, um, the, the dual transactions that I know you guys are on the front lines of, of trying, to, trying to meet. You know, if you can't drop off an empty and use the chassis, how are you going to pick up a, a loaded container? Um, and if you have to go from terminal to terminal, how do you do that appropriately? So, uh, you know, there, there are a wide variety of issues that we need to work through, but it's not stuff that we haven't talked about previously. It's, you know, we've, I feel like you and I and others just keep talking and talking and talking. We're not seeing the progress we need to. And we put forward suggestions in, in the past. Um, you know, I applaud what, what Gene and Mario have been trying to do and bring folks together, but we've got to really take action now. And it's time to really kind of focus on how do we improve the system? Because, you know, every couple of years we get an issue and we got to figure out how do we avoid getting to the issue in the first place? Absolutely. We need to look at things like workforce development. We need to have a national freight portal uh, that, that helps bring data together, standardize it, and make it consumable for all the stakeholders. These are things that we've been talking about for years. Uh, and a big reason of it is because we have detention and demurrage charges that continue to rack up every time we have one of these issues. You know, I, I've mentioned to you and to other folks, we, we just started our own BCO program where we're trying to get key metrics and, and, and KPIs to our uh, BCO customers that use the ports of LA Long Beach, things like turn times, gate schedules, chassis availability. Uh, and, and I have more and more BCOs, probably multiple times a week, sometimes multiple times a day, reach out and say, I can't get this container out. I'm going to have to shut down my production lines. What can you do to help me? Uh, the good news is, is typically when you call the management at a terminal, you're able to get through and, and they, they will help you get those key containers out. The problem is, is the majority of folks are calling customer service people that are told, sorry, keep checking for appointments. And that's a difficult way to do business. Um, I bring this up because obviously detention and demurrage, I think is one of the big, it's the biggest issue I believe in the industry right now. As you said, we can't do things the same way we used to. The policies that govern our industry do not mirror the way that the industry operates. And so we need to figure out ways to uh, not allow detention and demurrage 
to be a profit center for certain stakeholders, but to be that incentive again to move cargo, which I think most cargo owners want their containers as quickly as possible. Can you talk a little bit about what the impact has been on your members? Because I hear horror stories about transportation budgets being exhausted within the first quarter of the year already, uh, be all on detention and demurrage. So, John, what are your members telling you? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, first and foremost, I think we all agree that detention emerge has a role in the industry as that incentive for folks to move cargo. But folks are already incentivized to move cargo as soon as they can because they want it on the store shelves. They need it at the factories. They need it for whatever purposes. So any delay in moving that cargo costs folks money. And that is not something that members, especially now in, in light of COVID and the impact on budgets, want to see. So, you know, I hear continuously from my members about, you know, why am I getting these charges when I want to pick up my cargo, but I can't for reasons that we've talked about at, at the ports. Appointment's not available. The terminal's all of a sudden closed and I can't get to it and I can't schedule another appointment for five days, you know, which is outside of the free time that I'm allowed. So, you know, we went through the process working with the FMC. There have been, you know, investigations looking at the issue of the tension to merge. FMC came to an agreement. Yeah, there's an issue here. And they put forwards the interpretive rule that we thought was a good first step to provide guidance on when uh, detention to merge should be, should be put in place. Um, and it really depends on container availability. When is a container actually available? And right now, containers just aren't available for a variety of reasons. So, you know, right now, as you noted, the, the significant cost that members, that my members and others are paying for D&D is significant. And right now is not a time when we need to see these additional charges, especially as you've got companies that are trying to just survive economically. And that's mostly, mostly on the small and medium-sized guys that are, you know, don't have those huge transportation budgets. Um, but, you know, I'm hearing not just from my members on the issue, but hearing from a wide variety of other stakeholders as well, other industries, um, autos, chemical distributors, and a wide variety of others that are saying, what can we do about this? Why do we keep getting these charges? You know, I thought we addressed the situation with what the FMC put in place. Yeah, and, and I think that's a great point because so many folks saw the interpretive rule come out. I thought that was spot on. It's exactly what we should be looking at with forward thinking public policy. Unfortunately, you know, the Federal Maritime Commission only has specific powers and they're not able to regulate the way that I think many in the industry would like them to. And the irony is trucking is one of the most regulated industries in the entire country. In California, most regulated industry other than cannabis. And the cannabis decided to be regulated so they could be legitimate businesses. Um, so, so when we look at regulations, we really don't go to the well to say, can you help us regulate our industry unless we're in dire straits? So taking it from an interpretive rule, uh, I know we've talked about what needs to happen next. Uh, things like modernizing the Shipping Act, which hasn't been touched since 1995, uh, modernizing the Uniform Intermodal Interchange Agreement to, to actually bring stakeholders like marine terminals to the table uh, so you don't get a which way did he go uh, type answer on empty returns and appointments. Uh, what do you think are the next most important steps as it relates to solving this issue? Because it seems to me you have two school of thoughts. One is you need to solve it commercially. And the other is you need to solve it through public policy. And and I would argue that if we could solve it commercially, we would have already. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I think... I think the two tracks are, are right. I think certainly the commercial discussion is going to continue. And obviously coming out of the pandemic, you know, we're getting into contracting season. I know a lot of these issues are going to be front and center for these contracts. And it's not just the, the you know, operations at the terminal, but it's what's happening on the vessels as well and, and the rates and things like that. So it's all going to be critical going forwards. 
But I think it's time we really look at a 21st century supply chain policy where we look at the how our ports are, are actually working. Um, you know, trade has changed over the past, you know, 20 plus years since we looked at the Shipping Act. And I think there are a lot of things that we need to take into consideration and and take a hard look at, at how it works. And do we actually have a policy in place that helps our ports to deal with the, the issues that we're dealing with today? Um, you know, technology, as you know, is going to be a part of that. Um, transparency, information sharing is all going to be critical. But we've got to bring all the partners to the table who are willing to do this. Um, we just can't keep doing the same thing we've done all the time because that's how we've done it in the past. The past doesn't work anymore. It's time to, to update and innovate and, and move forwards. Yeah. And so before we close out, maybe we can end on on the forward looking, right? And so I know I've spoken with with terminal operators who've said, we don't build the church for Easter Sunday. And, and my response has been, you do if you want your congregation to be like it is on Easter Sunday throughout the year. And, and I think that LA Long Beach has said, we're open for business. I know what my members say, we're open for business. And then when the floodgates open, can we really handle all the business that's coming here? From our perspective, the big concerns are around, you know, environmental policies, labor policies, um, really the California policies, if you will. Uh, for your members, I know there was a four corner strategy that was really being uh, implemented. Then with COVID, it became a, a mad dash towards LA Long Beach. What do you see and what do your members see as the biggest uh, threats and opportunities as it relates to LA Long Beach moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I think that four corner strategy can, continues today, especially as you know BCOs are looking at their supply chain as a whole and trying to mitigate as much risk as possible. You know, obviously beyond just the the port congestion issues we're seeing in California, there are a lot of other California issues that our guys are looking at. You've got proposals for a new clean truck program impacting the port that we're still trying to figure out how and when that's going to go into effect. You've got a new uh, you know indirect source rule that's being dis- dis- talked about that's going to impact warehousing. So, uh, you know, a lot of these issues are going to have a, an impact on the bottom line and how things operate. So, you know, those are just a, a small number of the issues, but the overall business situation in California is one that our guys are continuously look at and see what what's the threat and what's the opportunity. Um, so, you know, we want to continue to work with regulators. I think we all agree clean air is is something we need to work towards, but how do we do it in conjunction, working with each other? to make sure we don't have burdens in place that are going to drive your members out of business, that are going to impact my members' ability to move their cargo and create further congestion and other operational issues at the ports. Yeah, I, I've said that the best climate change policy is to attract as much business as you can to California because we have the cleanest ports. And taking our ports and trying to make them even cleaner while cargo is just going to go to other gateways that don't have the same sustainability goals it's a local air quality goal. That's not a climate change agenda. And, and we need to change that. Um, but John, I, I want to thank you for joining us here today. Uh, this was a tremendous fireside chat. If somebody wants to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Uh, best way over email, uh, goldj at nrf.com. I seem to be on email 24-7 these days like you. So uh, you know, look forward to any, any conversation with folks. Yeah. And, and if you want to get a hold of me, it's Weston, W-E-S-T-O-N, at harbortrucker.com. And please follow the Harbor Trucking Association on our social media outlets. We try to keep up to the minute details of what's going on, the, the chronicles, trials, and tribulations of the ports on the West Coast. Uh, and we hope that you'll uh, join the HTA for some of our upcoming programs on the issues that we're facing and how we can solve them collaboratively.